This is episode number 22 with owner and founder of Nashville Fit Magazine, Ryan Freeman. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm super pumped about today's episode because I brought on my good friend, Ryan, the owner of Nashville Fit Magazine. This guy may be one of the kindest and most supportive individuals I've ever met, but outside of that, he's created this unbelievable business that stands for supporting those in the health, wellness, and fitness community here in Nashville. Ryan has had an entrepreneurial mind from a very young age, and he starts the episode discussing an awesome story about it. Today, Ryan and I talk about his decision to leave corporate America because he couldn't really see himself doing what he was doing in another 10 to 20 years. Yes, he liked his job, but did he see himself doing it too far down the road? The answer was no, so he knew he needed to make a change. While you're listening, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me, Ryan, and Nashville Fit Magazine on Instagram to let us know you're listening. I know Ryan would love to know your favorite part, so feel free to send him a message letting him know how much you loved it. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to ask you guys if you made any fitness goals for 2019. If so, how's it going? Are you on the right path? Is there someone holding you accountable? I released an ebook at the beginning of the year called The Bodyweight Grind that so many people are loving. It's a four-week bodyweight exercise fitness program, and the workouts are only 20 minutes long. You can find it for just $10 on my website at nickcarrier.com. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If so, go ahead and rate and review this podcast, because when you rate and review the show, it can move up the ranks, which means more and more people get access to all these tools, tips, and inspiration. But now it's time. It's time to work on being our best self today with my good friend, Ryan Freeman. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode uh, with my good friend Ryan Freebing today. Uh, thanks for coming in, Ryan. Absolutely. Um, but so Ryan, I, Ryan is one of the first people that I met when I moved here to Nashville, and I quickly got introduced to him as I was um, trying to meet different people in the fitness industry. And immediately, you were so accepting of me and one of the nicest people that I've ever met and be super supportive of everything that I've done and everything that I'm trying to do. And you've introduced me to so many great people. So I want to start off by just thanking you so much for being so welcoming me to, you know, the Nashville fitness community. Of course, of course. Yeah, no, I I appreciate you inviting me on board. Um, I've been kind of jealous that there've been so many people prior to me. I'm excited (laughs) that we're now getting into it, but love everything that you do and, and very gracious that we're friends and looking forward to everything that's happening with you and your life and look forward to sharing a little bit of what I've got going on as well. Awesome, too. dude. Yeah, right back at you. Well, so Ryan is the uh, owner and, and founder of Nashville Fit Magazine. Um, started back in 2015 uh, when he was at another job. But basically what I would, how I want to start today is just the story of kind of where how Nashville Fit Magazine was born and where that idea came from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think before we get into that, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, prior to the interview, but mm-hmm. my, I think, reason why I, I own a business today is a funny story about uh, when I was five, six, maybe seven years old, our family was shopping a lot at uh, Dollar General Store, Dollar Tree, whichever one you want to call it, and I remember purchasing a bag of bubble gum, Yeah, and it resonated with me so much because each package of bubble gum had maybe like 30 pieces. It was like cardboard, bubble gum. You know, the baseball style, old. Uh, but each one had a Marvel or, or you know, DC tattoo that was wrapped around uh, each little stick. And I remember taking each one of those tattoos and selling them for a dollar a piece back at school. <laughs> so it was hilarious because I had this little, like, briefcase set up. I would open it up. The kids would all be around me. And I would, like, pull out, like, a Wolverine tattoo or like a Spider-Man tattoo and be selling them for a dollar a piece and, and, you know, making some pretty good profit. 
Uh, but I remember going home and, and telling my dad that I had done this and uh, just the look on his face and uh, how proud he was of me for not necessarily making money, but, you know, the achievement that I had done and, and uh, the passion that I had for kind of doing something on my own. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was super cool and just something that has always resonated with me and, and kind of where looking forward is why I feel like, um, you know, I'm in this entrepreneur state, this business state of mind, the achievement that comes with, uh, you know, doing certain things within the community and helping others is where I am. But Nashville Fit Magazine started uh, back in 2015. So we started online. We were very small. Uh, we just kind of wanted to see whether or not we would fill a void in the community, whether or not we were, uh, you know, doing something that people would be interested in. Slowly started to grow Instagram audience, email audience. Uh, at the time, we were producing monthly articles, local spotlights on people in the community, and we just slowly started to grow. And the community kind of started to take a hold of it and really gravitate towards um, this niche that we were providing to the community, which was essentially sharing people's stories you know, mm-hmm. in the health and fitness community. And always had the goal to make it to print, uh, always knew that's what we wanted to do. Uh, in 2017, we started with four copies, so we were doing uh, once a quarter, and then in 2018, which we just finished up with, and we did six issues, and we'll do another six issues in 2019, and the goal is to eventually become a monthly health and fitness publication. Mm-hmm. We feel like we've really hit our stride uh, once it occurs and be able to share as many stories as we can in this badass fitness community that we have yeah. you know, here in Nashville, so it's, it's pretty exciting. Cool. So did you feel like, did you actually feel like, you said earlier that you wanted to fill this void in the fitness community. Did you feel like that void was spreading other people's stories and other people's kind of background in the fitness community? Is that really what it was and kind of where it born came, uh, you know, was birthed? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, at the time, uh, like I said, back in 2015, there were a lot of boutique gyms that were starting to pop up here mm-hmm. and there. And I feel like Nash, that was so Nashville. You know, everyone was kind of starting to be in that entrepreneur state of mind where they were like, man, I really want to start my own business. I really want to, you know, develop my passion, spread it to others. But in the fitness industry, there wasn't a platform that could kind of share content for all. Uh, there was a lot of cycling studios that were popping up. You know, the gyms that were in town, yoga studios were, were starting to get very prominent. Um, but there wasn't this voice that was kind of this neutral party that could say, hey, you've got this awesome yoga instructor, you've got this awesome cycling instructor or, or guru, you know, in the nutrition field, you know, that we could help share their knowledge and share their uh, story to the fitness community. So that's kind of where it sparked was wanting to share people's story. You know, at the time, I was never a personal trainer. I was never kind of in the fitness industry per se, but I always uh, was was passionate about staying fit and active and and figuring out, you know, what I was putting in my body, if that was good or bad or that kind of thing. And then um, kind of molding my marketing and advertising career together. Yeah. So it was a really fun and also scary time for for me as well, too, to kind of uh, have that side hustle, which was the magazine at the Mm -hmm. time. And now, you know, fast forwarding, fast forwarding uh, three years, Mm -hmm. you know, be off of my own, having my own business and and really having, having it be a successful, you know, Egg, you know, that's that's hatched and has grown and has done so much for the community. Yeah, for sure. And I think that is really big that you kind of distinguish or you know and distinguish that it was you're really you really enjoyed fitness and being active and all that sort of thing uh-huh. and kind of like bringing people together. But then you use kind of what you already know in marketing and, and you just kind of molded them together. And I think that's kind of a big lesson. I think a lot of people could probably do that more if they 
thought about it like that. Like, what do I, what, what am I passionate about? And mm-hmm. then maybe I'm not like super great at that thing or I don't have a specific expertise in that thing, uh-huh. but I have this expertise here. Can I, how can I merge them and form a business or create something out of it? Yeah. Um, and I think that's super cool that that's kind of your story and, and how you got into it. Yeah, I, I recommend for everyone who, who has a passion and who may feel a little stuck right now, maybe in their job, uh, to, to start that side hustle. Mm-hmm. You know, start small. You know, figure out a way to make things work to where you're impacting even a few people. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get you started. Mm-hmm. You know, and as time grows, you develop certain ways to do more mm-hmm. and then do a little bit more and then do a little bit more. And that's what I was doing. Yeah. You know, I was, I was working a full-time job. I had a nine-to-five, which I loved. You know, it was it was odd because it wasn't one of those things that I hated my job. And like when I got to work, I regretted even getting up that morning and, mm-hmm. and putting in the time. It was one of those things where we had a great but small team. You know, there's only four of us. And even before that, I loved advertising. I loved marketing. Um, but when I was at Nissan, I loved what I did. I loved my manager. I, I was always encouraged to have new ideas and, and share those and with great manager and all that. Um but I knew that I also didn't want to sit at a desk for the next 10 to 20 years. Right. You know, so I, I had to figure out a way to try and change that a little yeah. bit. Well, I really like what you said in terms of encouraging everybody to do a side hustle. But I'm also kind of in the belief that where I feel like our generation kind of millennials and at this mm-hmm. time of, of where we are in history and like, you know, for sure. 2019, I feel like everybody – thinks that entrepreneurship is super cool and that they want to find their side hustle. They want yeah. to figure out what it is that their passion is, that what they want to do. And I think because it seems cool that some people might rush into it and it's like the wrong side hustle and it's not mm-hmm. truly what they're passionate about. And um, I think that if you go down too far down the rabbit hole, that is not the right thing, that yeah. it can be detrimental towards your career or whatever it is that you're doing. So kind of how would you say to somebody who wants to start a side hustle mm-hmm. to maybe pick the right thing um, yeah. that they're going to go after? Yeah, well, first of all, I will say you're absolutely right. Starting your own business is freaking hard. Right, because entrepreneurship, like I said, it gets so much glamour and everything. Yeah. It's but very like, sexy no. you know, to go off and do your own thing, be your own boss. you know. And I think, I think it's also uh, the fact that we're fed a lot of BS as well, mm-hmm. too. You know, in, in the Instagram world, you know, on social media, you're you're fed this story that's this guy is sitting on a beach and he's got his laptop and he's making ten thousand dollars a month. <laughs> not he's really not doing, doing anything. anything. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's not doing anything, and that's that's what we're fed. And it's it's not like that at all. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. It's putting in the hours. You're gonna make sacrifices, uh, whether that be relationships or friends or food or your fitness life. Or whatever it may be, there's going to be sacrifices that are there. Money, absolutely money, <laughs> absolutely money. But if if you feel like the passion that you have is something that you want to share, there's always going to be those baby steps that you can take. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage people to uh, not necessarily jump right in, but you know try and do both. Yeah. If, if you're first starting out, for sure. Starting out, for um, sure. And I, so I don't mean I don't want to pigeonhole your your passion. Yeah. But what I, I'm interested in. You know, we I talked about how you had this passion of fitness or you always found the need to be active and then you had this marketing um, background. What do you and, and you wanted to communicate everybody's different fitness stories or kind of who they who they were were right. as individuals. What do you think your your passion was? Was it mm-hmm. fitness or was it 
kind of relationships in the community more than anything else, do you think? Yeah, I think it was community. I think uh, fitness for me, like we kind of talked about, was just something that I had and not necessarily something that I would like wanted to lift this amount or wanted to like throw this amount of weight around, you know, that kind of thing. It was more so about meeting new people, sharing their story and having something on my own that I could see grow. And we talked about this a little bit, the the fact of uh, this type of achievement, you know, like when I was five years old and I was selling these tattoos to these other kids for a dollar a piece, having something for your own and growing something on your own was so fun to me and, and so cool to me that I want I want something like this for myself now in this day and age. So that was where the business side kind of came about for me in melding those two kind of habits or passions that I originally had, marketing, advertising, fitness uh, together to create something that would better the community, you know, better the city that I've now lived in for about nine years now, you know, kind of give back mm-hmm. to, to it a little bit who has done so much for me. Um, so that was kind of where I wanted to go and, and take this uh, this career. All right, cool. So let's get it. Let's get a little bit more into the specifics of the story of starting it and making the transition to it full time. So like you went, like we communicated, you started back in 2015, mm-hmm. but you were working at Nissan mm-hmm. at the time. So tell me a little bit about what it was like having the side hustle and what was that like personally, like the grind of having a full time job, but then having a side hustle. Yeah, it, it was a lot of work. Yeah, you know, at the time. Like I said, it's just, you just kind of find a way and you mm-hmm. start slow. You never want to give what you're doing on a day-to-day basis less than 100%. Mm. You know, so when I was working at Nissan, I wanted to be present. I wanted to be fulfilling to, you know, my boss and, and employees that I worked with there. But also, you know, look to the future and try and create something different or something outside of that box a little bit. So I always wanted to make sure that I was 100% there, 100% present Always, always bringing new ideas to the table, you know, with the job that I had. Um, so it was tough to do. You know, you've got to find those hours. I was, you know, using my lunches, using those early mornings to mm-hmm. maybe have coffee with, with someone or, or we're doing that at lunch. And then, you know, after you leave work at six o'clock, you know, maybe that's jumping on a laptop, answering emails, developing websites, developing, you know, your marketing for Instagram and Facebook and those type of things. That was kind of where you just kind of had to find a way. You had to put mm-hmm. in the hours a little bit, as what yeah. people always say. Um, so let's let's but it fast was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, because it's something that you really you know had a passion about. But let's yeah. so let's fast forward then to, I guess, uh, quitting point or jump off point. I don't like the word quitting because I feel like it kind of gives a negative connotation to it. Yeah. And you weren't yeah. even quitting; you were more like leaving, right? Uh-huh. Um, because like you said, you enjoyed what you did. So what was the the leaping point, or what gave you the confidence to feel like now's the time? to leave my job and do Nashville Fit full-time? Yeah, at that point, I guess it, it had been uh, two, maybe three years, and we were slowly starting to kind of gain an audience, gain mm-hmm. growth, you know, fill that void in the community. We're starting to make a little bit of money as well, too. So, you know, that's that's always how you obviously build and are con- able to continue a business. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone always says, wait three more months. You know, wait three more months right. before you make the jump. And I probably waited three more months about, Six times. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, and they say, I feel like they say that about like getting a tattoo or something like that. They're like, just, just give it three more months. Yeah. You know? Think about it a little bit longer and see if this is really, really what you want to do. And who are the people uh, telling you this? Uh, just mentors. Okay. Uh, you know, people in my life, you know, my parents. Uh, yeah. You know, in this day and age, Instagram and YouTube are great because, you know, there's, there's mentors out there that, you don't even know and they mm-hmm. don't know you, but you kind of can listen to what they have to say and kind of take, you know, everything with a grain of salt and decide for your own. 
mainly it was it mainly was a community. Yeah. It was really the city and our close friends that we were developing that said, you know, when when are you going to do this full time? You know, when is this going to be your your launching point? And I think that was really it. It was just like, okay, I've come to this fork in the road now. I've waited three months, six more times, <clears throat> you know, let's go ahead and do this. You know, and, and a lot of people say, you know, you've got to make that leap of faith in order for something to succeed. And that comes with any, any aspect yeah. of life as well, too. You know, you've got to, you've got to jump, you've got to take risk in order for something to kind of play itself through. So that's kind of what I felt like was if you, if you're half in and half out, like you can't really give it yeah, your full sure. effort. Yeah. So I wanted to do that. And again, it was tough. I, I mean, I gave my, my uh, manager, and, and the Nissan employees two months in advance. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm leaving. Like, I don't want to give you two weeks. I want to give you two months mm-hmm. uh, because I loved. Was that for you or for them? Uh, maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, actually. yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that now. Uh, maybe a little bit of both. I feel like that's almost like you because you're like needing to give yourself another two months. Yeah, or another like, paycheck. Like, right, you know, yeah. Whatever it may be. Uh, that's funny. Um, at the time, it was for them. Right. But looking back, certainly it could have been for my for my own benefit as well, too. You know, I didn't I didn't want to feel like I was uh, leaving anyone on the hook. Yeah. Or putting them in a situation where they didn't have an employee that was, you know, doing something. Because I'd actually been in that situation before. We went through a couple mm-hmm. changes in the business to where at one point in time, it was just me me and my manager on a four-person team. Mm-hmm. So we were doing all of the work uh, for a four-person team. So I didn't want to put them in that situation. That's why I gave them two months. But it's funny that you mentioned that because I never thought about that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to even give yourself more time yeah. to make this decision, make this leap. Yeah, so I'm I'm really interested. I'm going to stay on this stay on this topic because yeah. I'm uh I'm very much a believer, and I guess probably because I'm more positive than anything else. But I'm very mm-hmm. much a believer in that there's never going to be the perfect time to do something, yeah. and you kind of just need to go into it not knowing all the answers and not knowing all the solutions because you'll figure out those on the road. Mm-hmm. But I do also believe that like you have to be smart about it, right? You can't just yeah. go into something having no money or having no plan, having no idea whatsoever. So I'm interested. To, to see if there, if there was something like deep or out or if it really was just other people or was there some sort of, you know, inspiration that you had or some idea or feeling that you had that led you to believe that this is going to, this business is going to work. I'm going to make it thrive because of this particular idea or this particular feeling outside of maybe other encouragement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, real good question. Uh, I, th- I think there was inspiration deep down. Mm-hmm that didn't necessarily say, hey, you're not being fulfilled in this current position that you're in. But, you know, if you if you know that this isn't what you want to do for the next 10 to 20 years, then why are you here? Mm. You know, why are you sitting in this chair, uh, you know, typing away in the automotive industry, which I didn't hate, but, but wasn't a passion of mine. You know, why are you here? How long are you going to sit here until you finally say, I need to be doing something that I really, really want to do, mm. you know? And and I think that was it. And a lot of it, I think, comes from, you know, us being scared as well, too. I think in this day and age, people are scared to fail because of the negative connotations that come with failing mm-hmm. uh, and what people will say or how you feel or, or how many people you're letting down, you know, that kind of thing. But I think that and you probably heard this before, failing is a good thing in the sense to where when you look at it from a different perspective, you're going to learn from that mistake. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn from that failure. And it's kind of like you learning from the journey as well, too. So 
I wanted to put myself in a situation where I had the opportunity to fail, but I also had the opportunity to succeed yeah. in a really big way as well, too. Because I think, again, in this day and age, there's a lot of people that are doing something that they may not want to do, but are scared if they fail in that particular situation, like that's it. Yeah. You know, when really it's a launching point for something else mm. and then something else and then something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's two things that I'm, I'm really glad I asked that question because there's two <laughs> things that I thought of. Well, and you gave a great answer. There's two things that I thought of when you were talking about it. And one is that you were in a job that you liked, right? Mm-hmm. But then you, but you kind of realized that like, is this what I want to be doing for 10 or 20 years? Is this actually my passion? But I think a lot of people probably listening to this are in a position where they like their job, but okay. it's not necessarily like, you know, they're, they're calling. It's not like I'm right. not called to do this or do that. Right. Um, but I, I don't think a lot of people would take the leap of faith or would start that side hustle mm-hmm. towards whatever their passion is. So I think that can be like a sort of a kick in the butt. Like, look, you might like what you're doing now, but look, 10, 20 years down the road, like you might not like it. You're going to wake up one morning and be like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like having time? that foresight, mm-hmm. you know, to say, okay, wh- who do I want to be, mm-hmm. you know, in five to 10 years or yeah. 20 years, whatever it may be. And that was one of the words that I had for 2018 was foresight and to really think about mm. the future of what I wanted to do. This year, it's, it's a different word, but I think at that time it was you know, looking, looking towards the future and looking for that next step and really planning out your path, you know, in a certain way to where you were getting fulfillment out of it. Mm-hmm. What's the word this year, if you don't mind me asking? This year it's present. Okay. So, uh, and actually it's kind of funny, holler at Chris Byford and yeah. Adam. Uh, I, I came up with it when we were doing that yoga session that you were at over mm-hmm. at uh, Small World Yoga. When you own a business and you, and you have a career for yourself, there's a lot of things that you can get caught up in. And there's a lot of pressure that you can get put on yourself as well, too. Being present in your relationships, being present in, you know, our, our relationship, this podcast, being present in things that you achieve and how you grew from, from that journey uh, was something that I wasn't doing, mm. like at all. Yeah. Uh, when, we, when the business, when Nashville Fit would achieve something like, you know, a badass event like the Expo or, or Nashville Fit Games, which you participated in last year, it was always, I was always thinking about the next step. I mean, literally within an hour or two of yeah. finishing the Music City Fit Expo, which we had 1,300 people there, mm-hmm. you know, 75 vendors, people loved it. It was a big success for us. Hours after that event, I was already planning next year's yeah. event. Jeez. And that's so bad. But it's glad, it's good that you're aware of it and that you're able yep. to that point it out and be like, okay, I'm actually need to work on something right here. Yeah. Um, so that's that's big. Okay. So yeah, you, you talk about this year. Your word is present, and you found yourself quickly looking to the next thing. So how are you? Mm-hmm. How are you actually practicing being present? That yep. sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've done a better job of trying to plan out, you know, my mornings mm-hmm. and saying, okay, you know, waking up and and not looking at your phone in the morning you know, is probably going to be a good scenario for you to be present in your current life. Always giving, you know, who you are with attention and giving them 100% attention as well, too. So you may be going through four businesses and you're, you're going to class for school and, you know, you've got a relationship and you've got a dad at home that needs to be taken care of. You know, all that you're trying to trying to work on your nutrition. You want to you want to work out. You know, being present in all of those different scenarios, while it may be be tough, is going to be the best case scenario 
for you, for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do that for myself. When I when I am at a workout, I'm trying to be at the workout. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm when I'm at home and I'm with Lindsay, you know, I'm trying to be with her. You know, instead of being on my laptop while we're both watching a movie together, right. but I'm not watching the movie, she's watching the movie, you know, and I'm answering emails. You know, I'm I'm and I'm not a, I'm not good at it. Right, right. No, hundred percent. So let me let me say that as well too is uh we're never I we're never perfect at the things that we're working on. Absolutely. Right away. That, well, yeah. It's it it was kinda like um you know, we need to do more of practicing what we preach mm-hmm. as well, too. Uh, I've thought about that a lot is, you know, we, we say all these things and then we don't necessarily fulfill them, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what I want to do this year is to, you know, be present, like I mentioned, which is the word, but also like put my money where my mouth is right. as well, too. Well, and I think it's I think it's ne- not necessarily that you say these things and I'm not this, mm-hmm. but at least that you're constantly working on it mm-hmm. like it, it's it's not necessarily that you're telling people x y and z and then that you have to be x y and z but that you also have to be on the path of doing x y and z right you know what i mean because i think there is a difference there of you're not saying that i am this person or i am this kind of person but i'm working to be the kind of person let's go on it together yeah absolutely and that sort of thing let's go on this path together mm-hmm. yeah and so something i'm bringing back up kind of what you talked about in terms of failure yeah because i never thought about it th- this way until you said it um, and you said a lot of people now look at failure as like the worst thing that could happen, right? Yeah. And and to me, I think that it is that way because it's really hard to hide our failures now because there's social media mm-hmm. and because all those things were so revealed and so exposed mm-hmm. to everybody so that if we fail, a lot of people know. And I think that's kind of a big detriment yeah. in, in our generation that people are so afraid to fail because we feel that everybody's going to know that we failed. Yeah, And that sort of thing. I never really thought about thought about it like that before um but i feel like that is kind of a that might be one of the biggest fears of everybody like everybody's gonna see us yeah i mean and i think that comes down to a lot of different industries it comes down to a lot of different situations as well too Mm -hmm. uh because again i think there's this negative connotation with if i do fail at something then it's the end all be all versus we've already made thousands of mistakes throughout throughout our life and we're growing from those mistakes why not continue that with the important things in your life as well, too? Mm-hmm. I, I have been scared, you know, in the past for things that could fail, mainly the business. Mm-hmm. You know, if National Fit Magazine were to fail tomorrow, there may be a big hole in the fitness community. Right. Not to say that we're doing so much to where it's going to fall apart. Obviously, that's not it. But to have <laughs> that. Humble. Well, 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 and that and that just comes back to me is like and I have this perspective. It's like. What, what's going to happen, you know? Probably nothing. Really, probably nothing. At the end of the mm-hmm. day. From a 30,000-foot view, life life will certainly go well, on. Well, from Business a 30,000-foot view, a lot of things can mean nothing. But Right. But for the longest time, you know, starting a business is hard, and you've got all these responsibilities you have and people that you could let down, but you can't be scared to go into a situation thinking, like, you're not going to do this because it could fall apart. It mm-hmm. could fail. Because trials and tribulations are going to come along the way anyways, you know, and it's your attitude and it's the journey that occurs and how you grow that is the overall achievement. Mm -hmm. So I I think that I'm going to kind of move away from from that just a second because I I thought about it when you talk about your word is present because I'm very much also trying to work myself on being present because I know for me, I'm 
like a super motivated, inspired individual who is trying to do, 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 achieve, 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 mm -hmm. because there is a, obviously a place for achievement in our lives, even though that, that can't necessarily be the major goal. Like we have to be invested in the process and that sort of thing. Right. But I think that I feel like nowadays, nowadays our generation is super like that though. Like achieve, 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 mm -hmm. nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. And that could be a big reason why we're not present. So yeah. I'm working on being present. You're working on being present. I think everybody needs to work on realizing that achieving X, Y, and Z isn't everything, but like being present in the relationships because I feel like we can be 10 years down the road and be super successful with our business or super successful with whatever, whatever it is we're trying to achieve and achieve everything we want. Mm -hmm. But if we haven't sustained any relationships along the way, then it's going to be completely empty and meaningless. Absolutely. So I think that just, it's awesome that you're realizing that you need to be working on being present. I think everybody needs to be kind of within that practice. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. You will be a shell of what you think you are if in 10 years, you know, you have achieved what you sought out to achieve and you didn't bring anyone with you along the way, you know, whether that be a girlfriend or a wife or kids or, or friends that you have, you will not find gratitude in those achievements. If you didn't lift others higher and give others opportunity as well too to follow you along in that journey. Mm -hmm. So I think people's mindset needs to change a little bit and, and, you know, it's easy to get caught up in, in Instagram and Facebook and social media, but really the relationships that you're building on a day-to-day -day basis and the journey to those achievements is what you really probably need to be focusing on a little bit more. Obviously, you want to have goals, you want to have objectives, you want to hit those objectives so that you can reach others as mm -hmm. well too. But we forget about what we're doing along the way instead of just go, go, go all the time, aspiring for more. Yeah. Um, and I think this kind of touches on what we were talking about before the podcast. We should should have had the microphones on before. Um, but we, talk, we kind of talked about the difference, or you mentioned the difference between kind of motivation and inspiration and yeah. how you had kind of heard somebody else talk about in a different podcast, kind of about what that different is and what it really means. And I feel like it pertains to what we're talking about. So I kind of want you to talk a little bit about what you can kind of remember from what you heard about the difference between motivation and inspiration and kind of how you're trying to you know put it into action, I guess. Yeah, for me... And I haven't fully given this a whole lot of thought, but for me, the overarching, uh, uh, you know, path that I heard was motivation is different from inspiration in the sense to where when you're motivating someone to lose weight or you're motivating someone to, uh, you know, gain X amount of money or you're motivating someone to, um, you know, be on your team or whatever it may be, it's different from inspiration. Inspiration is literally to be in spirit with someone to provide them with passion and excitement Whereas motivation may be for, you know, a certain achievement. Uh, I want to lift X amount of weight on this deadlift. I want to make this amount of money. I want to, you know, lose this amount of weight, whatever it may be. It's different from actually literally inspiring someone to those things. There's a feeling involved with it. Yeah. You know, motivation may come from uh, you, you seeing a Super Bowl champion or somebody like that. You're like, man, that guy really motivates me to do that. Well, why does he motive? Why does he motivate you to do that? You know, what's the underlying inspiration that is there and, and giving you that feeling to do the same thing that he's doing, or at least something similar, mm -hmm. you know, it might not be a Super Bowl, but it could be, uh, you know, a lift or right. something like that or, or food or, or whatever it may be losing weight, you know, that kind of thing. So I think, I feel like that was, uh, uh, very insightful is mm -hmm. people people use those words a lot, but do they really know um, kind of the underlying reasons for and what they mean? Yeah, as well no, too? and I think it's a I think it's huge to be able to understand what they mean in order 
to use them in the proper way. And I think that mm-hmm. what not what we're trying to say is that achievement is not something that we're looking for yeah. because we all want to make a. I mean, money's not a bad thing. We want to make a lot of money. We want to achieve. Absolutely. We want to complete and accomplish X, Y, and Z. But it's like. When you're motivated, you have to attack it inspirationally almost. Like you can't almost have motivation without inspiration to do it in a way that you're completely fulfilled. Yeah. So it's like while you want to achieve X or make this amount of money, it's like why do you want to achieve that or how do you want to achieve that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like very important for people to find that reason and that purpose and that inspiration within and then find motivation to do it through that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, and motivation – in layman's terms, maybe something a little more actionable as well too. But inspiration maybe is the feeling that you have. Mm. And it's kind of the why as well too. You know, Simon Sinek's why, I'm sure you've heard and read that a few times. It's really the underlying factor for you doing this. You know, whereas motivation is is an actionable type situation, inspiration comes a little bit differently. And really, as the word promotes, to be in spirit with something or to, or to find spirit from something is to really have uh, you know, a feeling for why you're doing something. Mm. So it was always interesting to me yeah. the 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 difference between the two and that they're very, very closely related to one oh, yeah. another, All but the time. they could mean something completely different. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it definitely helps to distinguish the difference. But I want to go back into back into you a little bit more. So who do you think yeah. has been your biggest kind of inspiration role model up to this point in your life? I think my dad has probably always been a, a real big inspiration to me. I think that's probably a little cliche and, and that no, but I think answered a lot. But, um, you know, I think that just comes down to the growth that you had when you when you were young as well, too. And, and who you really wanted to make proud mm-hmm. was that mom or that dad or, or a sibling or somebody like that. Um, so my dad has always been a real big inspiration for me. Worked hard. You know, he just always had a, a, a job. He, he was in the finance industry and really always was was encouraging to his employees and encouraging the family. So I feel like there's a lot of motivation that stems from early on, you know, him as, as a motivator to me. But I've got a lot of mentors that have, that have popped up along the way as well, right. too. Um, some, some young, some old. Really what I try and do is um, have, have the ability to kind of be a sponge and to say, uh, I, want, I just want to learn as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when you step into a room – Everyone is going to be able to provide you with some form of gratitude, some form of learning, education, you know, so you never want to be the smartest guy in the room type scenario. And that's what I've always kind of believed in and tried to be a listener, you know, more so than the talker, but always trying to be that sponge and to make sure that anyone can be a motivator. Yeah. You know, anyone can be a person that you look up to, younger or, or older, uh, male or female, you know, whatever it is. Try and be present, I guess, and uh, continue to find find motivation or inspiration yeah. in uh, in others. No, and I'm and I'm glad that you brought that up about being a sponge because I do feel like you said you're work, trying to work on being present, but I do anytime I'm ever with you, I do feel like you are very present um, in listening to whatever I have to say and uh-huh. not spacing out in other places. And I feel like that has probably benefited you so much in in building your business and that sort of thing because your business is all about creating relationships within the community mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So do you feel like I think for me that comes across as maybe your biggest strength, but if you had to come up with your biggest strength in terms of kind of building your business and what has what quality about you has served you best, what do you think that would be for your biggest strength? Um that's a good question. You can toot your own horn. That's, <laughs> that's what it's. Well, no, I was. Uh, I know that I have a lot of things to work on. Yeah. So uh, that's that's where I was about to go with that. Okay. Um, 
Well, uh, let's do this. What, what do you think is the your biggest weakness that you think that you need to work on that will help the business grow more and more? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Weaknesses are always good to talk about. We yeah. talked about earlier that uh, as human beings, we tend to gravitate towards uh, the negative side of things and wanting to, to do better in those aspects versus the compliments that you get and the positivity mm-hmm. that you get. You always move a little bit, which is always kind of funny um, and something that we probably need to change as right. human beings. But trusting my team. So when you when you start a business on your own, you're kind of on an island by yourself. And it, and it's uh, people talk about the struggle a lot and, and the hours that you put in and the hard work that you put in. And the independence that you sometimes get because it's you kind of against the world type scenario. Mm-hmm. As you grow, you come to learn that you can't do everything by yourself. And I didn't know that at the beginning. I always wanted to do this on my own. Right. Know? And I think that may stem from a little bit from, uh, you know, that achievement. Right. And like me wanting to be the sole benefactor of this achievement, which is not the right way mm-hmm. to think. Um, so trusting my team. Trusting that these people that I've hired have the ability to do this job without me micromanaging them on a day-to-day basis. And I'm getting better about that. Uh, And Lindsay will probably have a lot to say about that as well, too, (laughs) if she were here. I think that's one of the things that I'm trying to work on these days. Uh, Not being afraid to to reach out to others for help Mm -hmm. as well, too. You know, I don't have all the answers. And there have been mentors that have been strategically placed, whether intentional or unintentionally, in my life that I could probably reach out to and ask these questions that people may be scared to ask because they don't know the answer. You know, it was always one of those things where if you were in class in college or in high school, you know, I was one of those kids that was afraid to raise my hand if mm-hmm. I didn't, if I didn't know the answer or if I didn't, if I didn't follow along with what the teacher had to say and she will ask, does anyone not know or need a further explanation of this? I was always looking around like somebody else need to answer. Yeah. <laughs> please. I need one. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, maybe be more willing to go out on a limb and kind of like put yourself in more of an uncomfortable scenario. Yeah, yeah, and to kind of take off that mask a little bit, yeah. to kind of take off the the business mask, and just to kind of be Ryan, you know, and, and not uh, natural fit, mm-hmm. you know, and to not say, "Hey, natural fit doesn't have all the answers." Well, it's really you know I don't have all the answers. So, is there anything that you feel like you could help me with, or 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 I don't know how to do this on the website. I don't know how to do this, you know, ad or, or article or whatever it may be, this design project. Don't be afraid to kind of reach out and, and have others kind of provide insight. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think as human beings, we are hopefully willing to help to kind of step aside from what you're doing and provide guidance and provide mentorship, whether it may be just for five minutes or for five years yeah. and, and provide your expertise to someone else and to give back, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, those are probably some of my weaknesses where I probably need to uh, do a little bit more of trusting my team, you know, not being afraid to reach out to someone, and then also kind of taking off that mask, like I mentioned as well, yeah. too, and kind of be yourself and be be vulnerable, right? You know, in certain situations. And I'm glad you bring up the mask because I feel like me and you probably were. We, I know we both read the Mask of Masculinity yeah. uh, by Lewis Howes, and both really loved the book, but. I've, I've heard it in a few different scenarios and I thought it was like that, that phrase was only used by him, but I think it's more of a definitely more widely used thing than just him. But one of the prior people I had on, um, I think it was episode number 12, this guy named Michael Brody Waite and he had an, uh, an addiction issue and one of the, his principles that he teaches and lives by now is, mm-hmm. uh, be authentic mm-hmm. or authenticity. And he talked about something in the podcast. He brought up the mask and he brought up a very 
very unique point that I had never heard of before in terms of having on the mask. He was talked about how we all think about or we identify like the benefits of having the mask that it um, deflects our weaknesses and it mm-hmm. defect, deflects that sort of thing. But we never think about the cost of having on a ma- what having on the mask actually does. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how when we have a mask and put on a mask for so long, we believe to or we start to truly believe that that mask is actually us. Mm-hmm. And then the weaknesses that we do have never present themselves, and then we're never able to work on those things. Yeah, exactly. So being able to actually identify the mask that you have on and actually define it as a weakness and actively work on that is super key to personal growth and to business Mm -hmm. growth and depending on the individual and what they're doing. But I think that that is something that a lot of people don't think about. And it's, it's really important that you are aware of that and trying to actively take off the mask. Yeah. What are the repercussions from wearing a mask for 30 years? I know, you know, they're probably pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a good point. Most people don't think about the long-term, you know, scenarios that can occur by you always going into a situation and wanting to present yourself in an, in an unauthentic way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was listening to a podcast uh, recently and Steve Weatherford yeah. was on there. Big, yeah. big kicker. Uh, you know, in the NFL, oh, I'm all about paper. Steve Weatherford. Okay. I, don't, I don't think we've ever talked about him before, but he's like my number okay. one guy. Nice. Well, he was kind of saying the same thing. He was like, whenever I would go into these interviews, whenever I would go into the locker room, whenever I would step on the field, I always felt like I had to present myself in an unauthentic way because of this perception that an NFL player might have or an athlete might have. And he said, I think he he had been through it was like a hundred something like 170 games. And he had thrown up before the game 170 times. Oh my! I don't think I heard that. And it blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. And the guy, the guy sitting across the the seat said the exact same thing too. He was like, "You're lying." And I was, and he said, "No, I'm not. I mean, 170 games, 170 times I threw oh up. My gosh! And shared a pee bucket with another guy as well too. Yeah. It was only as of like a couple weeks prior to this that podcast episode. going on, yeah, this episode that he was like. I wake up in the morning now and love myself and am an authentic person. When I look in the mirror and I'm brushing my teeth, you have to have self-fulfillment and self-gratitude before you can have gratitude for others and gratitude for the things that you're going to be doing in your day-to-day life as well, too. Hmm. And I thought that was so inspiring that someone that you and I have looked up to for a very, very long time, he didn't even look up to himself, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think that, I think one of the biggest lessons about that too is you never know what being authentic can do for somebody else uh-huh. because he when he is able to be vulnerable enough to share that story with everybody, it's inspiring to us because he's just truly being authentically who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that we rob others from by keeping on a mask. Right. Absolutely. Um, so we talked about how you're you know working on being present. And I feel like that's. Um, a very uh, personal goal. So do you have any other things that you're currently really trying to work on kind of on an everyday basis and trying to make habits towards or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. On the, on the business side of things, um, I'm trying to be a better leader, you know, a better boss and a better businessman as well too. So I've been trying to think about, you know, being, being an infinite, I guess, entrepreneur or an infinite um, leader versus like a finite leader Mm -hmm. in I feel like the differences in the two are mainly in, in the names. If you're if you're thinking about things in a finite like scenario, you, you've got set rules. Take baseball for example. It has 
you know, a certain, a certain amount of rules. There's a way to win. There's a scoring process. You know, those rules can't really be broken or, mm-hmm. or, or jumped through. And that's, that's just the way it works. But if you look at a certain business-like situation from an infinite perspective, there's always going to be a, a, another way to achieve something or, or another way to uh, kind of take that uh, different approach. So I've been trying to develop ways to think outside the box yeah, uh, and not be enclosed in what we're trying to do and, and develop the brand, maybe not necessarily just in a, from a magazine perspective, but from a community outreach you know, events, you know, things like that versus just a physical publication yeah. itself. So it sounds like to me, you're trying to, like your main thing is you're a magazine, right? Mm-hmm. You're, but you're trying to kind of breed creativity outside of the magazine and not just stick within the rules defined of what a magazine does. Absolutely. Right. So you're trying to think yeah. of kind of like other ventures, other business ideas that you could use the brand for. Yeah. So print, obviously, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a, pick up, touch and feel type scenario versus in a finite world, we live on Instagram, we live on Facebook, you know, we're, we're doing, we want to do more video this year and kind of share people's story and kind of give a little bit of the behind the scenes type scenario with what going, is going on, not only with Natural Fit, but also in the day in the life of whoever this person is that we're sharing their story as well too. So we also want to do uh, more events to where it may not necessarily just be revolved around fitness. Maybe it's more revolved around uh, mindfulness or, or entrepreneurship, you know, bring in some guest speakers and things like that and not necessarily have this go, go, go type mentality, but mm-hmm. kind of slow it down and say, okay, what, what really is the brand? You know, what is our why? What do we speak for? I've been thinking a lot about that in the sense to where I kind of want to be more infinite and not necessarily finite, you know, and, and only playing by the rules to where I want to think about how do we, how do we quote unquote break the rules and develop our own rules right. and and strive for something a little bit more. No, I think that's great. And I think that's great that you're thinking in, in terms of those things um, yeah. at this point early on. Um, so I, I always ask the last, the same last two questions to everybody that comes in. And so the first one is, how old are you right now? 32. 32. Okay, very good. I always throw out the age question. Some people, <laughs> people are like, uh, what? Yeah. Um, so in 10 years, you're going to be 42. You know, you've had the magazine right now, but I'm sure you have more goals and things you want to create, things you want to accomplish and, and things of that nature. Uh, so what does 42-year-old Ryan Freebing look like? What are you doing? What are you currently doing? And kind of what have you accomplished? That sort of thing. That's good that you brought that up because in the word for 2019, you know, to be present, you know, I want to make sure that the things that we're doing now are leading towards, you know, events that may happen in the future. Mm-hmm. So will I have the strength, the, the mental toughness, to do the things that I want to do, you know, when I'm 42, that I that I'm currently may not have as I'm 32 years old. So, I think when I'm 42 years old, you know, I may not know what business I'm I'll be running at that particular point in time, or or, or where Natural Fit will go, or what other cities will be reaching because we just recently expanded in St. Louis as well too. But I want to make sure that me as a person and in the knowledge that I have has grown and can also be shared with others as well too. Uh, and to make sure that I have the ability to provide others with an opportunity to do the same thing that I've done mm. and start earlier than me as well, too. You, yeah. you know, not necessarily that 32 is, is old for what we're doing because it, it's never too early or late to start. Mm-hmm. But in 10 years, I kind of want to be a better version of myself, which then in turn allows me to better those around me and better those businesses that I may own as well, too. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you have, that you talked about or that you said not that 32 is old. 
um, because you can do kind of things whenever you are because you've probably heard him say, but the guy that we listen to a lot is Lewis Howes and he talks a lot about how I think his dad – uh, one of the biggest lessons he learned from his dad is that age is just a number. Like no matter how old you are, you can still uh, kind of accomplish what you want to or whatever. And he, mm-hmm. ne- his dad never let him use his age as an excuse or use his age as something to hold him back from doing something that he wanted to. So I think mm-hmm. that's, that's really great that you said that. I think a lot of people probably hold themselves back because they think I'm too young. I'm too old. It's, right. it's not the, like that sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, so. And I think that also, you know, in 10 years, I may have failed in a number of businesses as well too. And so I shouldn't be holding myself back or be scared that those many things could occur. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I should embrace those and make sure that I use those as opportunities to be, to be strengthening myself, but also the businesses that I, that will be creating, you mm-hmm. know, later on in life as well too. But age is absolutely just a number. I think, I think Jeff Bezos started Amazon when he was like in his forties. Yeah. Well, I mean, Amazon's not even that old. Yeah. As it is right now, and he's an older guy. I mean, not older, but right. like whatever. I think it's like it's a fifteen-year company. Yeah, yeah, and they for sure they have done insane yeah. over the last I mean, couple of years. So. The company's taken over the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but awesome. Well, before I ask the last question, I want to acknowledge you first for taking the leap of faith to you know go full time with National Fit Magazine Thank and not you. taking that extra seventh third month <laughs> or, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, because like I kind of communicated earlier, I feel like a lot of people for whatever reason, don't have the courage or can't take that leap of faith um, because maybe they don't have the confidence in themselves or maybe don't have the push from the community or, or have found the proper passion yet. And I want to acknowledge you for being able to do that. Thank you. And, um, you know, I want to really acknowledge you for not being afraid to fail because like we talked about, I think that's a huge thing that holds people back. Um, and I think that maybe one reason is because of the transparency of it. Mm-hmm. But um, you've communicated now a few times how you – are open to failure or mm-hmm. not open to it, but you realize that it might be an option and you still move forward mm-hmm. with, with that being the case. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, the, the whole way to kind of perceive failure is to kind of flip it on its side, right. Or flip it on its back, wherever the reference may be. But mm-hmm. you want to change your perspective on it in the sense to where you aren't, aren't necessarily going into a situation because you want to fail and you want to learn from that scenario. But Going into a situation, not being afraid to fail. So it's not like you should go into a test or, or a quiz or something like that, not studying at all and be like, you know what? I may fail this, but I'm cool with it. Yeah. You know, giving something 100%, uh, but allowing yourself to be comfortable with the idea that, yes, it may not go 100% the way I want it to go, but that's an opportunity for me to grow and an opportunity for me to, to get better. And that's, yeah. that's why we're all here. That's why, you know, I feel like we've been put into certain situations is to grow not only from our own uh, experiences, but also to provide that information and opportunity for others as well, too. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and before I ask the last question, I want to, I always have loved supporting you and everything that you do because one, I love you and I love your your mission and everything that you are currently active on. So, um, so I want to you to tell people how they can support you best and, and all that sort of thing, where they can find you and maybe what, what is the next uh, event you guys have coming up the, that we yeah. can make people aware of? Yeah, absolutely. So Nashville Fit is just at NashvilleFitMagazine.com and uh, we're on Instagram at Nashville Fit, Facebook, Nashville Fit Magazine. So, you know, follow us there. You'll you'll get up to date on all the, all the cool and badass people that we love promoting uh, in the magazine itself. But we've also got some really fun events coming up this year as well, too. So the Nashville Fit Games uh, is coming up in May. And essentially, it's just an adult field day, and it's a very community-wide, very mm-hmm. focused event. But um, athletes run through these individual challenges, and we kind of add up their scores at the end of the day. So 
you kind of get to uh, crown the fittest man and woman in Nashville, which is always kind of fun. But but really what it's all about, and, and I love seeing this uh, this past year, was the camaraderie and the friends that people you know met uh, that are in the same field as them, that are in the fitness industry or, or, or may not be. Um, but the high fives, you know, the laughs, the friends that were made mm-hmm. afterwards, that, that was something cool that, that I didn't foresee seeing. Um, so we're, we're excited about that event this year. And then we've also got our Music City Fit Expo, which is going to be a two-day event this year. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. It's going to be in July. So it's July 20th and 21st. Um, we want to bring in more fitness. So we'll have a strongman competition. We'll have a CrossFit competition. And we'll have the Calisthenics Games, which were at the event last year as well, too. Awesome. So we're super excited about that. It'll be an expo in the sense to where, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have vendors there, you know, get to walk to tables and see what everybody has to do. But also we're excited to bring in a little bit more activity and fitness and these quote-unquote shareable moments. Yeah, a little bit more entertainment, too. too. Yeah, some excitement. Yeah, cool. Awesome stuff coming up, dude. I'm pumped. Yeah. Um, Well, so I always ask the the same last question to everybody. I know you maybe have listened to a couple of podcasts, so I don't know if you know the last question, but um, I always talk about how I feel like we're all on this journey of life together, right? And I think the journey looks different for every single person, but it's my feeling that we all have the common goal to become the best version of Mm ourselves. And I think that journey looks different for every single person. Um, What the best version of myself for me looks different than the best version of yourself for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I want to ask you is if you could do or work on three things to become closer to the best version of yourself, what are those three things that you could do or three things that you could work on? Yeah, we talked about one. We talked about being present. Okay. So that's something that I certainly want to, you know, add to that list and make sure that I'm doing my due diligence to to, to better myself uh, and become the best version of me. I think gratitude as well, too. You know, I think that comes along with with being present as well as celebrating uh, some of those small achievements, you know, and not always looking to the next thing. Once you hit a goal, you know, you, you absolutely you always want to be striving for something bigger and better after, but giving yourself the opportunity to say, hey, you did something, you know, you bettered yourself, you achieved this goal. What did you learn along the way? Um, So gratitude, I think, is something that I want to do more and add to the list. Uh, And then I think uh, one of the things that I need to do better about is taking care of myself. As an entrepreneur and, and a small business owner, I think Certain things kind of fluctuate on the totem pole. Priority list? Yeah, the priority list. Absolutely. And in, in fitness and nutrition and sleep, you know, are things that I need to take better care uh, for myself. Um, so th- those have gone on the, the list in the morning that I usually write down is, is the goals. is like, okay, you're getting X amount of sleep. You're eating yep. this amount of meals. You know, you're, you're getting in that sweat, those types of things. But also, uh, I'm going to add a fourth one okay. to the list. Uh, and I think it's it's uh, providing an outlet for others to succeed as well too, and, and and that may be not through the current business that I own right now. It may not be through Nashville Fit, but it may be through something else. You know, if people have questions, comments, concerns, feedback, you know, I want to hear about it, and and we always want to be bettering ourselves um, on an individual basis, but also as a as a business as well too. So I think being able to take that feedback. Is something that uh, and be an outlet as well too to give feedback to is something mm-hmm. that I want to do better about. Awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate you coming in. That's all we yeah, got, man. dude. Awesome appreciate as always. You. I'm glad we were matching today. <laughs> I know, right? There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now it's time to act. Leave a like and a comment on YouTube. Subscribe to that page. If you're on iTunes, leave it a five star review. Help the show move up the ranks so more and more people can get access to it. Feel free to take a screenshot of this episode and let me know you're listening on Instagram. 
Are any of you feeling the way Ryan felt when he was working at Nissan? Do you like your job but know it's not your passion or at least what you want to be doing in 10 to 20 years? If so, start taking some action. That doesn't mean you have to know exactly what you want to do yet, but start trying some things. Experience as much as you can. When certain things feel right, try them again or at least something similar. Start discovering what your job down the road might be right now. Remember everyone, achievements are great. We need to be striving to accomplish certain things for sure. But it's the reason behind why we want to accomplish those things that should inspire us to move forward, not for the achievement in and of itself. Thanks so much for listening. Keep taking consistent action every single day. Now it's time to go out and upgrade yourself today to get closer and closer to your best you.